Hi, this is Cliff Kingsbury, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. On the jog! Let's go! Cliff grinds. Like, he is here in this building all the time. Like, 4 a.m. Unbelievable coach. Great guy. He's not facing the same scrutiny. That pretty boy football they tried to tag us with so many years ago. Doesn't really talk much. Just kind of talks what he wants. And guys want to play for guys like that. You're only good as your last session. Wolf and Luke. Talk Cardinals. Now. Kind of like the quiet before the storm here. Wolf, because there is no game this weekend. You sort of have like a bye week before the start of the season. But now everything's as set as it's going to be. Stuff still moves. But uh, you've got your 53-man roster. You've got your 12 guys on the practice squad. Uh, let's let's look at that for a second. Did anybody surprise you there? Yeah, you know, the practice squad, to me, um, it didn't surprise me. I was really, really happy to see that they got back linebacker Chandler Wooten. Yeah, was really that was that was the one that, that jumped because because he did have he had that really good game against Baltimore and like he made some plays throughout the preseason. But he, he just made such a long an shot. awful lot of plays right there. I mean, honestly, to see this young guy come in here and play the way that he did out of Auburn, of course, this was a team captain, a guy that was a three year starter for Auburn. Um, it's just this is somebody who's not wowed by the speed and the athleticism that he's actually going to see on the field. So I love the fact he came back because I think he is a football player. Football players through and through know how to do one thing, and that is go out and put their noggin on somebody, and they don't use their head all the time. I'm talking about using their noggin to actually make plays. And this guy is as instinctive, I think, as I've seen. Two more receivers. <laughs> so you talk about keeping a lot of receivers. You've got, what, six on the team, plus DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, plus you have uh, two more on the practice squad. Anybody on this uh, this list stand out to you as somebody that you, we may actually see contribute for the uh, the, the NFL squad? Yeah, point? can I just say, first of all, Chandler Wooten, there's one that I I could see him at some point in time be called up. Now, I don't know, even though they've got six inside linebackers say, not exactly right now, I, I could see that possibly happening only because he's such a good football player. Manny Jones is another guy. Manny Jones, before it's all said and done, I wonder about Manny Jones getting the opportunity to to play in the silks on a Sunday. I think we're going to see that. Um, Jesse Lucada, I think as well. I think that's another guy that I think would be called up. Those three guys in particular. It sounded like Lucada uh, was the 54th guy, and just with the reports that he had made the team, and then they go out and yep. they, they make the trade for Mullen, and all of a sudden Lucada's not on the team anymore, which is, you know, to be fair, what Cliff, he didn't use his name, but, but Cliff said, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't tell guys they've made the team yet because we're still moving pieces around, and I'm sure he knew at that point that Steve Kime was looking to make a trade for a corner, and that it was going to be probably Jesse Lucada if they got that quarter who wasn't going to make the team. But you can't be calling the guys who do make the team because anybody that doesn't get a call is going to be like, okay, wait, I didn't make the team. And then I was a little surprised as well to see so many wide receivers. That's what I'm saying. You basically have nine wide receivers. <laughs> There's wide receivers walking all over the place. <laughs> and then I thought about, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Um the Arizona Cardinals use more 10 personnel, four wide receivers, one back, no tight end, four wide. They use more 10 personnel than anybody else in the National Football League, as we all know. 
So maybe because you're going to be playing a lot of guys and dressing a lot of guys, maybe because you, you know that Greg Dorch is going to be out there as your kick returner, your punt returner, um, is it possible that they dress six wide receivers on game day? Yes, it is. It is possible that they do that. And that also means, well, who's running scout team during the week? <laughs> who's doing that? Who's out there? Actually, oh, Andy Isabella, uh, Greg Dorch. Hey, these guys are going to be contributors during the regular season. Do you want them out there running a ton of scout reps for your defense? I don't think so. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they added three more wide receivers to the practice squad. How you say 10 personnel, let's say, okay, you got the Chiefs. Let's again, I keep using this, but let's say the Chiefs game is tomorrow and you're running 10 personnel out there. Who are your four receivers? Okay. Um, oh boy, that is, you're good, Luke. You're good. Okay. Um, well, it's it's going to be Hollywood Brown. Okay, that's it's going to be right. Rondell Moore. Okay, and you are convinced that Rondell is going to be good to go for Week One. Okay. Yes, and it's going to be AJ Green. Okay, and then it's going to be Andy Isabella. Is it it's going to be Isabella. All right. Okay. Oh. Why Isabella over Dorch? Because Dorch is going to be my punt returner, my kick returner right there. Greg Dorch and Andy Isabella. I, I think Andy Isabella is very, very intriguing. And the reason why I say this, my brothers, is again, he came from a spot where I think, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, I think, pretty much felt like he was a possible cut coming into training camp. And now all of a sudden, this is a guy that had easily the best preseason of any Arizona Cardinal. To a point where you could look at him and say, he is the most improved player on this roster right now. Isn't that intriguing? You drafted him four years ago, and he's a second-round pick. And okay, he really was disappointing. Now all of a sudden, he looks like he's something-something. Aren't you going to want to try to see, let's, let's give him the opportunity in a real game, in a regular season, to make plays. Let's, let's give him the opportunity, see if he can get open in a real game and catch the ball. Because what he has shown us right now is he is trustworthy of that opportunity. Well, he's will, they, will they give him that opportunity? I don't think they're going to have a choice. Gonna. I don't think they're going to have a choice because I don't know that Antoine Wesley's playing. Rondale Moore, I tend to agree with you that there's, I would assume he's going to play, but if he can't play, he can't, then you don't even have a choice. Then you've got Hollywood Brown, AJ Green, Andy Isabella, and Greg Dorch out there <laughs> when you go 10 personnel. And then when you go 11 personnel, Palomino, oh, the Palomino oh, yes. package. You brought this up. Well, you, you found you the name. You brought this up right here. When you go 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, base and onions, Luke said, what would happen if you had Andy Isabella running a 4-3? Hollywood Brown running a 4-3. Rondell Moore running a 4-3. All three of those guys as your wide receivers on 11 personnel. What could possibly happen there? <laughs> the freak show that that could possibly be out there. Are we going to see that week one? Um, say yeah. Look, I like the Chiefs. They don't have three defensive backs that can keep up with that speed. Now, I know it's more than just the speed, I, but Andy Isabella can catch now. Like, he's catching. He's using his hands he's, to catch. He's, 
He's catching three little guys. You want to talk about the Smurfs? We did that. That's a package right there. We got to come up with a name for it because do you think Cliff Kingsbury? Would you say Cliff is creative, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, he's extremely creative. Very. What kind of package could he possibly come up with with those three guys on the field? He should have one of those little suggestion boxes outside of his offense or office office, and you just walk by. Oh, and, and like, by the way, run this yeah, play? right. That tight end, whoever that tight end is, is going to love that. Because the DB coach is going to be, back up! Back up! You didn't even mention the little-known 50 personnel where they can run five running backs out there because they have five on the (laughs) roster. Uh, All right, what can we expect tonight from ASU against NAU? What can they gain from this game? We're going to ask the publisher of Sun Devil Source, Chris Cartman. He will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We're less than uh, six hours away from kickoff of the 2022 ASU football season hosting NAU tonight. Chris Cartman, the publisher of SunDevilSource.com, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Chris, thanks for the time. It's uh, It's been a little while since we got to talk to you. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, good to be able to talk about football games again. Yeah, actual football as opposed to investigations or whatever else. Um, let's let's start with the team and let's start at quarterback with Emory Jones. What are your expectations for him? Of course, he comes over from Florida, so he's got some SEC experience. Look, no, I'm not trying to to trash Jaden Daniels, but it's not like Jaden Daniels last year had set the bar so incredibly high that Emory Jones can't reach that. No, definitely not. Um, 10, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year for Jaden Daniels, somewhere around 2,300 yards or something like that. Uh, ASU's probably going to need more from Emory Jones because it's a couple other spots on, on the team. The personnel is probably not as good as it was a year ago in the secondary, maybe at wide receiver. Um, and so I think um, there's a, also a big drop-off between him and any other quarterback that they have on the roster. They are kind of similar players, just stylistically. Uh, Jones rushed for 758 yards last year at Florida, leading that team. Also threw 13 interceptions, which was the most in the SEC. We've seen some issues um, with some accuracy, especially on intermediate routes where uh, his technique has maybe not not been great and he sailed the ball a little bit fitting into some windows against zone that's something that people are going to have to to watch for if he's going to be able to thread the needle uh, against some of these better defenses but there's no doubt that he's an exciting player very athletic um someone that you can get into some rpos and zone read actions and have him take off or throw some slants and um there's going to be some uh, 12 personnel with him where they get some double tight ends and try to do some creative things in the passing game, uh, working off of an established run game. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work. I, I think that he'll probably be at least as good as Jane Daniels last year, who really struggled with his confidence and was never on the same page with Zach Hill. So, Chris, I haven't talked to you in a long, long time. So thank you for joining us. Really do appreciate it, buddy. I want to start at 30,000 feet. That's not going to surprise anybody that works here. But what are your expectations for this team coming into tonight? Yeah, so I think um, the range that is realistic for ANCU is somewhere between 
four and seven wins. Very likely that's going to end up somewhere in, in that range. I, I think that they're probably going to be a little bit on the higher end of that range. I predicted a six and six record for this team. Um, of course, and the NAU and Eastern Michigan should be wins. Uh, you know, playing at Arizona and Colorado, good chance for wins. Home against Washington and Oregon State, very good chance for wins. And um, the the challenge that they have really, as I see it, is that the the first five games it's it's a difficult schedule. Other than those uh, two that are against the uh, the F, uh, FBS teams uh, or FCS teams, pardon me. You have uh, Oklahoma State on the road. Uh, Utah at home, USC on the road, very difficult. But um, so there's really two things that could happen. I think they could maybe pull up a surprise in one of those games and, and then uh, kind of ride that some momentum and, and do better in the second half of their schedule. Uh, or uh, if they end up at two and three, which is quite possible, uh, they're, they're able to sort of um, knuckle down and, and, uh, and, and win the game that they probably should win at home to try to, fight their way to like a 500 type of the season. Uh, there's plenty about this team that is still uh, quite good. Uh, they're, they're, even though it's rebuilt, their offensive line I think should be pretty good. Their run game, the, uh, Daniel Ngata and Davion Ballard, they were really impressive to me in camp. Uh, I think their, their defensive front is probably the strength of the team, even with a lot of the departures and some injuries that they've had there. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, phenomenal position coach, and they will be among the top sack teams in the Pac-12 this year. So they're going to be able to get after quarterbacks, and that should help a little bit, take some pressure off their secondary, which is one of the weaker groups. And Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson, they're, they're so experienced, about as, as uh, experienced a duo at linebacker in the Pac-12, and I think that they're also poised to have a very good season. Talking to Chris Cartman of Sun Devil Source. Chris, I want to go back to the running backs because you just mentioned them. Herm, when he has been at his most successful with ASU, has been really good at running the ball. And they've got Daniel Nagata back, but they also have Xavier Valade. How do you see those two splitting carries? And then is a guy like Tevin White somebody that should be on Sun Devil fans' radar too? Well, so either one of those guys is capable of starting in the Pac-12 and being successful. Valaday was a workhorse at Wyoming, probably the best rusher in the Mountain West over a three-year period, and, and he's been able to handle a heavy load. But God has really impressed me uh, with his development over the last year. I think he's a lot more confident. His body's in the best shape. He's running with higher knees, better contact balance. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what, what that's going to translate to. And I, there's no doubt that they're going to be a heavy utilization run team this year and try to do everything off of an established run game. That's what Herm Edwards wants to do. Uh, Glenn Thomas, the offensive coordinator, is very comfortable with, with that type of a game. Going back to when he was with the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan was his quarterback, and they had uh, all the tight ends that were impressive, and they were able to do a lot of run, play action pass stuff. Um, so that's, that's the strength of their offense. Uh, and then, of course, with Emory Jones' mobility as another sort of sweetener on top of that, I think ASU has a chance to have one of the better rushing attacks in the conference. You know, Emory Jones, of course, we all know how physically is in terms of his skill and his talents and his gifts. What about the intangibles, Chris? What kind of leader do you think Emory Jones is going to be? And is he a better leader maybe than Jaden Daniels? Well, uh, great question. Um, one of the things I've really taken from getting a, a sense of him in interviews in the last month, and there have been several that 
uh, I've interacted with him on and very even keeled. He has a, uh, a maturity, a temperament that I think uh, translate really well to lead, leading players and working with coaches. Um, seems to be very much on the same page with Glenn Thomas as coordinator. That was something that Jaden Daniels never really had with Zach Thomas, uh, Zach Hill, uh, from an experience uh, and comfort standpoint. They just never got there. Um, and, and one of the things I noticed that was that was interesting about Emory Jones is he said his mom is his second toughest critic. He's his first toughest critic, and then his mom is number two. So much so that she's uh, blowing up his phone during games, and he's checked his phone at halftime to see his mom saying, why didn't you throw the ball to the open receiver instead of the covered receiver on certain plays and whatnot? And he laughed. He's laughed at that. But I think that that is kind of telling because people remember uh, Jane Daniels' mom, Regina, she was very much sort of a protector of him in ways that I thought actually – hindered his development or his ability to take on criticism and feedback constructively and work on areas where he needed to develop. And, um, and that, that's what prevented him from sort of elevating his game from what was a more simplified offense uh, in 2019 with Rob Likens, where he didn't have to go through progression reads. And a lot of it was basically, you know, almost predetermined what was going to happen on plays. Uh, I, I feel like Emory Jones is a lot more receptive to uh, trying to, to develop on uh, the X's and O's and, and understanding kind of like what he has to do in order to be able to translate this to the next level. That's, that's why he ended up transferring is in pursuit of being able to do that. And um, so, yeah, I don't know that it's going to necessarily mean that he's uh, all of a sudden going to fix all of the, the issues that he has where there's some, uh, some, I think he doesn't point his front, front foot to the target enough. I think he hangs down on his back foot. I think he tends to get a little bit too, um, reliant on his arm talent, which is really great. Uh, and that puts him into some, some spots where he throws some jeopardy ball. So, but if he's vigilant about it, he has the ability to look extremely good at times. And really he even did at Florida. Chris, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for Thank the you, time. Chris. My pleasure. Thanks guys. That's Chris Cartman of sundevilsource.com chiming in just a few hours ahead of ASU's game tonight. When we come back, Chandler Jones is gone. Who's ready to step up and lead this Cardinals pass rush? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Marcus Golden, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Sets up, gets hit by Golden. The ball is coughed up. Golden picks it up. You can hear him chirping the entire practice, and if he sees somebody that's not bringing the same intensity to a drill, to let him know. Playing with a bunch of dogs, man, a bunch of tough guys that just love football. I'm looking forward to bringing that dog mentality back. Guys flying around, making Plays. His nickname is Junk. It's Junk Her Dog, I guess. Marcus Golden is back. I feel good. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Yeah, it's funny, Wolf. We were talking to Chris Cartman last segment. He was talking about ASU might be a little thin at corner, but they could have the best pass rusher, one of the best pass rushers in the Pac 12. Found myself thinking, like, oh, a little thin at corner. Maybe relying on the pass rush. That seems like the team that uh, plays their home games out in Glendale and practices just down the street from Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. Um, pass rush is going to be huge. It's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle in terms of of being a focal point for fans and media because of the you know the corner position. But there's still a lot of unknown 
in terms of getting to the opposing quarterback, and yet there have been some pretty good signs so far throughout uh, camp and preseason. Yeah, what are they? <laughs> Can you get Victor Demukeji <laughs> has been a good sign. <laughs> okay, yeah, there are some individual players, and yeah, Victor Demukeji, no doubt about that. But once again, we it's preseason, and you you've got to go ahead and parse everything you say in regard to a football team going forward because of preseason. Half the guys out on the field right there don't want to be out on the field. The other half of the guys out on the field aren't going to be out there on the field. So you always have to take that into consideration, of course. It sure beats the alternative. Victor Demukeji, by way of example, since we're talking, there's a guy that has got your attention. <laughs> okay, here we go. What did we call it earlier? What was it? It's the, it's the, the Wheel of Edge Rushers. The the Wheel of the Edge. Yeah. That was it. The Wheel of the Edge. That doesn't sound nearly as fluent as it once Here, was. It, it just Look, landed on Dennis Gardeck this time. It's, <laughs> it's Dennis Gardeck. Why is Gardeck going to say something? The Barbarian? Yes. Way to pull back the curtain. Uh, here's Gardeck. Expectations for himself this season. He spoke yesterday. Well, I've always had high expectations for myself. Um, you know, I joke around with the guys that, like, coming in as a D2 guy. They were just happy I could tie my shoes. You know, I had I had just a, a little bit higher expectations for myself coming in as a football player that's that's been studying the game for a while. Um, so now I feel like everybody else is kind of catching up to my standard. Yeah, you know, of course, that's, that's Dennis the Barbarian Gardak. Let me just say this. Um, you got to be able to stop the run first and foremost. We can talk about the pass rush and we can talk about the cornerback room all we want. Those problems and those issues will be magnified tenfold if you cannot stop the run. Uh, just understand that right now. Another team's playbook will open up. They'll have the entire playbook open up to themselves offensively if the Arizona Cardinals cannot stop the run. Now, all of a sudden, the fact that your pass rush might be a little dicey and your corner room might be a little thin, now, all of a sudden, that will be emphasized. That will be magnified tenfold if you cannot stop the run. We should do this real quick. This is not fulcrum football. This is just like spur-of-the-moment stuff here. Okay, okay Let's just yeah. go back and forth, and, and, and let's try and find who's going to lead the Cardinals in sacks this season. And I know it's probably okay. going to be pretty spread out, but... but uh, Okay, obviously Golden would be the first choice, right? We'll take Marcus Golden first. Uh, I would have to say Marcus Golden as well. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay, that's Good my choice. Who's, who's your you want to get crazy right now? Yeah, How about crazy. a wild hair right now? Um, I, I'm going to say J.J. Watt. Okay. Let's go! How about that, J.J.? Watt to Wolf, okay. So. Yeah, you know why? Because we're going to manufacture a lot of pressure. We're going we're gonna to be jumping around. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. You're going to bring five. You just don't really know which five you're going to get. And maybe J.J. Watt is going to be able to stay healthy this year. And maybe he'll benefit from being in this defense for two years in a row. We'll see. I had uh, seven names, eight names on my list, but Marcus Golden was on there twice. I guess I can't. I'm, hot. I'm on my J.J. I will. <laughs> My guys don't have a cool song like that. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Dennis Gardeck. I oh, think maybe maybe yes. he just you know. I mean, based on what we have seen when he's been healthy in the NFL, I know he doesn't necessarily look like 
he would get the sacks he gets, but he's actually done it. So I'll yeah. go with Gardeck. Okay, you're going with yeah. that right there. Um, is Victor Demukeji still you available? You can have Victor right Demukeji. Can, yeah. can I tell you right now of all the question marks, and there are many question marks, in particular on the defensive side of the ball, you look at the offensive side of the ball, base and onions, there's not a ton of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. They're on the defensive side of the ball. And when you think of the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball, I think of Victor Demukeji. I kid you not. I know everyone else is looking at Marco Wilson. Uh, okay, that's fine. That's your prerogative right there. I think Marco Wilson is going to be fine. I know there are other people out there. They're looking at, you know, a Byron Murphy. And they're thinking, man, he's... No, I don't, I, I don't think so. I'm okay. I, I feel good about Byron Murphy out there. For me, Victor Demukeji is a guy that nobody's really expecting a ton from when I think he could turn into a total exclamation point. Like, surprise! Out of nowhere, Victor Demukeji becoming a pass rush specialist. We'll have to wait and see, but listening to some of these offensive linemen talk about him as well, it's really, really interesting. Not, not just Dennis Gardeck talking about him. Offensive linemen say, this this guy's got a little slippery to him. Interesting. I got a name I'm going to throw at you, and maybe this he maybe he won't have very many sacks, or maybe he could lead the team. I'm going to throw Isaiah Simmons at you. Wow, that's, boy, that is a good one right Let's just there. get crazy here. That is good. Bring him off the edge. Bring him from depth. Let him walk up and mug the A-gap. Bring him a little blitz bail. There's so many different things you could do with him. Yeah. Bobcat. Put him as the deep safety. You know what a Bobcat is? Do you know what a Bobcat is, Maloney? I'm asking you that right now. No, let's hear it. (laughs) We need to add it to the glossary. I was just going to say right now, a Bobcat is a free safety blitz. Do you know who made it famous? Larry Wilson. Yeah, Larry, the free safety suddenly walks down, comes out, and then fires into the A-gap, either A-gap. The A-gap, of course, to the center, either to the left or to the right, both A-gaps right there. That's called a bobcat. Here it comes out of nowhere, because that's what bobcats do. If you're walking around the forest... They come out of nowhere. You know, when I when I went to ASU, they kept telling us there was a bobcat that lived on A Mountain. Yeah. And maybe there is. I don't uh, know. I'm sure. I don't, it seemed like kind of a weird thing to totally. make up. No, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, this bobcat blitz that you're talking about, I, I've got a guy that can run this for you. And that's Isaiah Simmons from so many I'm different places on the he field. He lines up as a free safety in the middle of the field. Isaiah Simmons. What are you doing? You're 6'4". Stop it. Um, lines up as a, and then all of a sudden, here comes the bobcat. Okay, I, I got carried away. Well, especially, minute, I mean, but. because what if what if he is getting to you as an edge rusher for part of the game, and then in the Cardinals slide him back to free safety as the opposing quarterback? You're probably like, all right, at least I don't have to deal with him blitzing me anymore. Yeah. And then the very next play, bobcat. No, we need we need some corn freak on a leash. That's what we need. I played corn coming into this segment. <laughs> Thanks seen, for listening, Wolf. Sorry, speechless. Wolf isn't even listening. To I did play coming show. undone. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. You want to say something, Jim? Right now uh, even Jim's shaking his um, head at you in, in disappointment. Yeah. I can't save you now, Wolf. Okay. I can't save you. All right. The text do, do the read. Your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. What's the point of me doing the read? You're not yeah. going to hear it anyway. Uh, 
Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin. They're heading to Auction Pavilion on September 10th. Limited tickets are available, but you can win a pair now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. We come back. Playoff expansion could be coming to college football sooner than you expect. Is that what you want? It's next. The Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Coffee. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. That's what I'm talking about. It's a good thing you made that request with one segment left in the show. Yeah, you big something takes a pot of corn guy. I like their rejoins. They have very good radio rejoins. I like corn. They're from that Green Day era. But they're but so, very different. They're so different. But they are from that era. But they they would play like what back do you mean to back. The Green Day era. They're from the same year. Green Day era. They are from the same. Now, Green Day started. For you, maybe Green Day, but Corn is not Green Day. Corn is not Green Day, but they're from the same era. Okay, that's what I meant. I meant era when I said era. That's the, <laughs> that's that's where we got confused. All right. Well, if I have in my hands. See what I have in my hands right here? Okay, no, yeah, I don't. I have the D-backs lineup for today. Oh, you do? do. All yeah, right. right um, yeah. First of all, is Corbin Carroll playing? Yes, he's batting. Okay, well, okay, I thought, would you let me guess here, maybe? Okay, well, um, yeah, all right. I, I'm going to say he's batting um, sixth. Yes. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. I did. I hey, like listen. You know what? The first game, he, he was hitting number eight. Snowman is where he was. And then game number two, they put him at seven. Yeah. He's, he's climbing up. Eventually, apparently. he'll be batting leadoff. Number six, ladies and gentlemen. Playing left field. Playing left field. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's he, where he was playing game number two, and, left field. Anybody else you want to know if they're playing in this game? Throw um, some names at me. Yeah, Alec Thomas. Alec Thomas is playing and batting. Number two. Eighth. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. How, how's that taste right there, Alec? How, how's that taste? <laughs> he's, he's you know what? I love this. These guys are going to be competing against each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, well, we put you down at number eight. You're the snowman tonight. You okay with that, Alec? I'm sure he is. Okay. So Alec in center, Corbin Carroll in left. Who do you think's playing right? Um, you know, most teams you just know Varsha. the lineup. Like, yeah, okay, Varsho. Okay, there you go. Varsho is uh, he is batting. I like that. He's um, Dalton Varsho. Fifth, yeah. Okay, there all you right. go. Oh, See that? You've got I'm this, all over it, man. Lockdown, and you look. You can tell I'm. I'm not cheating. No, which is remarkable because you could just look at my screen, but you haven't. Yeah, right. Uh, care to guess who the DH is tonight? Um, Jake McCarthy. Because yeah. you can't take him out of the lineup. He's uh, I mean, sir, the why would you take him out of the lineup right know. now? It's like I don't know a guy that had four hits. And all of a sudden, you're taking him yeah, out. Yeah, why lineup. would you do that? But that's the thing. You never know. So all of those guys, are, those are your four D-backs outfielders for tonight. Okay, and One nice. of them has to play DH. So you get Jake McCarthy. If you're going to the game, Dalton Varsho, Corbin Carroll, and Alec Thomas are all in the <sighs> okay, lineup. see tonight. that right there? There it is. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's not only the defense they play in the outfield, of course. It's just the overall speed. I mean, it basically, it's half your lineup. That is has got elite speed and puts an awful lot of pressure, not only on the pitcher, but also, of course, on the infield. Or maybe if they hit it into the gap, look out. I mean, they, 
A double becomes a triple. A single becomes a double. Isn't that right, Dalton Varsho? An error on a double becomes an inside the parker. A walk becomes a double, Um, if you know what I mean. And then no Stone Garrett. And I guess the message to Stone is maybe hit better than 407 if you want to get in the spot. (laughs) Maybe try and hit 408. I do feel for the guy. I really do. He went out there last night, a couple hits. I mean, all he's done is produce when given the opportunity. Uh, College football here real quick since the season, it started last weekend, but like only for a couple teams in Ireland, it felt like. Uh, The the possibility of a playoff being expanded to 12 or 16 teams is very much on the table for the college football playoff board of managers. They're going to hold a virtual meeting tomorrow, Wolf. This is not this is not your typical. Hey, NCAA. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in 2027. We might think about having a meeting about having a meeting about it. They're just going to have a virtual meeting tomorrow. And if they were to oh. Arizona sports breaking news. So, according to NFL Networks and Rappaport, the Cardinals are placing cornerback Antonio Hamilton on reserve non-football injury list following a cooking accident in his home. He's out for four games. Wow. Okay. Um, Well, we kind of expected that, right? We did. Did anyone else expect Antonio Hamilton to play? I, I did not. I didn't expect him to miss four games. I mean, I didn't know. I'm, I'm not saying it's like I'm shocked. I just I didn't know. I figured he probably wasn't playing against the Chiefs, and I figured it was something non-football related the way it was being not talked about. Yeah. Um, okay, boy, a cooking accident. <laughs> this is why I don't cook. <laughs> Nothing but cereal. What what is going on right there? What's the first thing you think of? What what could possibly a cooking accident that would keep you out? I, I think of frying a turkey. Uh, I don't right, it's not really turkey frying time, is it? Well, I, I, people do it all. I mean, look, really? you got to get it. Like, it's not just for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. People well, actually, I, eat I just turkey. told you, I, I cook cereal. I'm just thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that uh, could it possibly be something like that? Well, do you remember Dion Jordan? He played at Chandler High School. He had that accident with the grill that burned him. I, I, I don't recall. He went to Oregon. I, I don't did he go to Oregon? Dion yes, Jordan he, is. he, I know he went is. to Oregon. Okay. But okay. Um, that was his cooking accident. Wow. You know, I this sucks. Yeah, it does. I want Antonio Hamilton to not miss a quarter of the season. I know. Oh, my goodness. That does stink right there. Okay. Um, I guess it gives some Trayvon clarity. Mullen. Here we go. It's, Trayvon it's, Mullen, Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy. Now you need another one, don't you? You need another one. Sure. Got to bring Christian generate, Matthew back. Generate some yeah. pressure as well. Christian Matthew probably going to come back. Is he not um, on the practice squad? I would imagine. I didn't see any corners on the practice squad now that yeah. I think about it yeah it's look um, okay that is Antonio Hamilton with a cooking accident wow, I feel for that guy because man we, he, we talked to him yeah he was so excited just to be in the position he was finally in after a very long path through the NFL to get here and you heard Cliff you know, a couple weeks ago, say, yeah, he moved ahead of Marco Wilson. You heard Cliff the other day not elaborate on why he was missing, but say he's it's a shame because he's earned a starting spot on this team. And there's no guarantee that starting spot will be there in four weeks. I mean, he's going to be on the team when he comes back, but that's just brutal across the board. 
Yes, it is. You know, it isn't brutal across the board. The fact that how many, Mel, how many guys are going to be, how many people do they actually expect to be at the backyard brawl tonight? 70,000. <laughs> wow. I'm just picturing 70,000 Wolfleys. Let me tell you right now, 70,000, that is going to be an absolute freak show tonight. There's no doubt about it. Are, are you and Fitz going to like, are you going to text each other during the game? No, I doubt okay. it. Yeah. All right. Larry you take the high road. Me. No. <laughs> well, that's because Pitt's favorite. I don't bother Larry either. Uh, okay. Except when I want him to come on the show. <laughs> right. We're way past the end of the show. Thanks to uh, Aaron Maloney for running everything behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.